Come on in, guys. Let's talk about Survivor Season 42. I'm Rod Morgan, and with me is my co-host, the Mrs. Morgan you know, Kate. Here, we recap last week's Survivor episode just ahead of tonight's episode to get you ready to outwit, outplay, and outlast in 15 minutes or less. As always, we start with a quick and dirty recap. Kate, what do we got? Okay, so we are coming off of episode two titled The Good and Guilty. So the immunity and reward were combined into one uh, with the first place winner taking home a large fishing kit and the second place winner taking home a baby fishing kit. And the challenge was one in which one member of the tribe is named the caller uh, while the other members attempt to complete the challenge only using the voice cues of the caller while blindfolded and tethered together. Which begs the question, in a challenge like this, would you rather be the caller or the one who's being called to? I would personally rather be the caller. What do you think, Rod? I, w- I would definitely rather be the caller, but I have a feeling that I would start to get rather frustrated with people and not very patient, and I would become a terrible caller who would just start yelling at my tribesmates and they would stop <laughs> listening to me. But I would also hate being blindfolded because that's the great equalizer, right? I don't care how quick you are on your feet, how good your hand-eye coordination is, how strong you are, any of the above. When you're blindfolded, it doesn't matter, and I love me some blindfolded challenges because you get biff after biff after biff. Yeah, I am naturally extremely loud and so anyone can hear me and I'm pretty good at giving logistical instructions so I think I would be a naturally good caller in a situation like that and I'd get too frustrated being tethered to someone else who isn't doing what the caller is telling us to do so the caller is where I'm at so coming off of that we have Vati who won they came in first they got the big fishing kit And Ika came in second uh, and also won their Flint back, uh, which they had lost after going to Tribal Council on the first episode. And this leaves Taku going to Tribal Council. So, uh, Maria pronounced Mariah, right? Like, I think that was so confusing in both episodes. But Mariah is unfortunately eliminated at Tribal Council. Um, She did, however, play her shot in the dark, just like Zach did uh, for Ika last Tribal Council. But both were deemed not safe. Yeah, and I love that the producers got to play fast and dirty with us by the fact that we basically got down to Mariah and Marianne as the two who might go. So you could see somebody write down M-A-R-Y and still not have any idea who they were talking about voting off. So they love that. And I I got to be honest with you at this point. I wonder if we're looking at the shot in the dark season. We only saw it happen one time last year, and we've already seen it happen two times the amount this year. So... I'm excited to see what else we got looking into that. And that brings us to twists and turns, which is exactly what I just said right there, Kate. So answer that question for me. Do you think we are looking at shot in the dark almost every tribal council at this point? Because we've seen it two for two so far. Yeah, I think we are. It's so interesting because season 42 players, again, did not see any of season 41. And so, um, so they never got to see how it was used very sparingly in season 41. I think maybe only once. And so far we've seen the shot in the dark played at both tribal councils so far. So it's saying, why? Why was it used so sparingly in season 41? Is power more important than safety? 
Yeah, I think everybody in season 41 did not want to lose their vote. They wanted to be able to be with the power players making moves at tribal council. I think it seems to me that season 42, they're at least we've seen some cracks, and we'll get to that as we go on in the episode here. But I think everybody's really trying to, we're all pulling on the same rope here. We all got some real team unity going on. So I think in that case, people don't really have voting blocks that they can stay with. So they're not as worried about giving up their right to vote in an effort to try to stay safe if they feel like people are coming for them. Yeah, I totally totally use mine like especially this early on like I would have no issue using it and saying all right let's see I'm quite sure I'm one of the people like Mariah and Zach were both both went home and both rightfully used the shot in the dark and I mean if if it would have been safe then it would have paid off yeah and then we've got that happening out on the the beach at all times right you have your shot in the dark basically with you and you need to bring it to tribal council but we also saw something else from season 41 come back around this year the Beware Immunity Idol was found by our guy, New Jersey Mike, and uh, it was a bit of a comedy of errors, wasn't it, Kate? Oh, my God. First of all, this idol in general drives me nuts. So another one that made its first appearance on season 41. I'm not sure you can bring this back after season 42 with so many people knowing what it's about. It involves these very strange phrases. So each tribe has to find this beware immunity idol for it to be in play and you each when you go to tribal council or to a channel or not tribal council a challenge you need to read this very odd phrase and then someone else if they found the beware immunity idol on their beach they read another phrase then a third person ideally reads their phrase and then the immunity idol is in play until that happens the people who find this beware immunity idol um they cannot vote at tribal council so jersey mike finds it and then loses it and then tells everybody about it and it's just it's a whole thing yeah i don't understand everybody's need to tell everyone else all of their business in the last like three to four seasons of survivor right i go way back to the old school days with sue and rudy and richard hatch and kelly wigglesworth back in season one of survivor and that was when everybody kept secrets but now these people the minute they get a hold of a advantage amulet or the beware immunity idol or an extra volt they're just spilling their guts to everybody and i I don't get it i'd be keeping my cards closer to the vest how about you miss morgan you know yeah i think so too I mean, Mike finds it. He first tells Jenny about it. And then he tells Daniel about it. Then he loses it and then finds it again. Um, And he says that he tells Jenny and Daniel about it because he sees them as such strategic players, a trait that he does not believe that he has. And so I appreciate that. And like, wanting to think that you have friends. I think it's human nature to, and that's one of the great things about Survivor. I think it's human nature to think that there is good in people, but when you're playing this game, there just isn't. So I'm not sure what I would do. I'm a very open book and a very talkative person. So I probably would tell someone as much as I can say right now, no way, I would, I'd tell someone. But it was a comedy of errors in in how all of this unfolded. Also, it's worth noting that Daniel is convincing Mike, hey, hey, maybe don't use it. Like, maybe no one else has found it. Just wait to see if anybody else says one of these weird phrases. Just don't use it because his idea with Jenny is let's get rid of Jersey Mike. And then that way this thing never comes to be. And Jersey Mike can't vote at tribal council unless these other weird phrases are said. 
which is exactly why I don't understand why everyone tells their business. Because what we've seen happen far too many times, you tell someone you have a powerful thing and then they want to get you off of the game. So let's move on to familiar tropes. But before we move to familiar tropes, I want to do one last shout out to our guy, New Jersey Mike, wearing his underwear, okay? <laughs> Finding the immunity, the the uh, beware immunity idol, knowing that he has to get back to tribe quickly, decides to hide it, and his brilliant plan is, let me find where two trails meet with a tree, okay? There can't be more than 17 to 18 different locations where two trails meet with the tree. So shout out to Mike and his brilliant hiding place. Oh, man, man. And I mean, so there we go. We were talking about familiar tropes, people saying too much to too many people. So there's a good example in this episode. Another good one is people doing too much too fast, okay? Trying to go from one alliance to another alliance. I mean, I'm talking in the span of minutes. Like, on on Ika, you have Drea and Swati all in to vote out Rox Roy and thinking through that, how that's a good idea until Drea find, fills Torian on the plan. And then she says, let's do a all-female alliance. And then as soon as Drea walks away, like, as soon as that happens, Swati's like, hey, Tori, let's just vote off Drea instead. And you're like, whoa, too much too fast, ladies. Yeah, you've got to build a little bit of trust with somebody out there, right? That was one of my problems with season 41, right? I just felt that it was just a little too ram shot. You never knew who was voting with who, right? Everybody was coming for a different person every couple of minutes. We seem like I've, like at least so far, 42 has me believing everybody's trying to be a little bit too together. And if everybody's being a little bit too together, you don't want to be the first person to break off. So exactly like we're talking about here, too much, too fast. And so Swati needs to calm down a little bit. She's using that Ivy League education, perhaps a little bit too much out here on the island. Come on, let's not be that smart. And then also talking about Jersey Mike, talking too much about what he's found. Talking too much in general is a familiar trope, and we are seeing that a lot with Miss Marianne, okay? So Miss Marianne is just talking way too much about everything. Talking about a crush that she has on Zach who has gotten eliminated and how that could have come to be. Nobody even asked her about that. Nobody even wanted to know and she's just spilling all the tea about that. Talking way too much when they're at camp just never stops talking. And here's the thing. Marianne does not need to change who she is as a person, right? She doesn't need to change. But everyone else, people like me, people like Mariah, we can't conceal how annoying that is. And Mariah could not conceal how annoying that was at Tribal Council. And I felt for her. All of her eye rolls and all of all of that, man, they were they they were righteous. And, and I felt it. Let me say this real quick. I feel for Marianne here. I'm a podcast host, right? I got opinions about a lot of things. I love to have a captive audience. But you don't have to change who you are. You need to know that maybe you don't have to fill up all the silence, right? Like maybe when you're just sitting around the camp getting a fire going, maybe you don't have to come up with some little anecdote about a time you found wood, right? Maybe when you guys are going off to gather some water to bring back to camp, maybe you don't have to talk about this one time you really, really were thirsty, right? Just choose your battles, Marianne, all right? So if you're listening, choose your battles. (laughs) The last familiar trope we have, which we mentioned last week, is our dramatic piano music. And this one involved the story of Mariah and her brother, who tragically was the first medical provider in the United States to die from COVID-19. 
Also, Mariah from Noblesville, Indiana. I am not sure where her brother was from, if he died in Indiana or not, uh, but it was a very sad story and a very real and raw story, and I appreciate her sharing that. And, and to me, it was sad to see Mariah go home, not because of that, but because we didn't know a ton, a ton about her, and she was there doing something for herself, which I really appreciated. Yeah, it was one of those. You talked a little bit about this last week, uh, Mrs. Morgan, you know, about how you never know why they're choosing to show you something. So we wondered at the beginning, oh, okay, here's Mariah. She's going to be a character moving forward. And no, it turns out we just had to get her story out because this was going to be our last chance to tell her story. So, yeah, that was definitely the dramatic piano music of the week. Let's check in on our final segment of the week. Before we do a little bit of preview and say goodbye, we call it Our People. We shouted out a few folks last week that we were already drawn to, so let's check in on where they're at. And our guy, the Rick Boogs wannabe, the Chris Pontius from Jackass wannabe, we have realized. Shout out to the uh, No Buffs guys who also do a little bit of Survivor podcasting, letting us know that Jonathan looks like him. We have a budding bromance with Omar, that's a, that's a, we could have done this in familiar tropes as well because there's been many a seasons where a couple of guys come together as power players and dominate. But right now we have Jonathan the Brain or the Brawn and Omar the Brains. What do you think about the budding bromance? Oh, I really appreciate it. I appreciated their brief discussion about faith, but Omar also sharing that he is a practicing Muslim and that he will be praying multiple times a day. And so if he is off on the beach praying for everyone not to think that he's automatically off to find an immunity idol. And then I think, you know, Jonathan coming in and saying, well, you know, if you ever have any questions about my faith too, which is, which was a little (laughs) self-serving in many ways. And like, the Christian way, we won't go down that road, but I appreciated that discussion, um, and, and I think it's actually kind of endearing their friendship there, because they know each other's strengths, and they know each other's weaknesses. Yeah, I love the uh, the Jonathan, like, yeah, no, but we live in America, which is a country that's like 75% Christianity, all right? We're, we're pretty good on the Christianity. We, we, we celebrate Easter and Christmas, like, like we, we understand what's going on. I need to do a quick mea culpa here. I completely shouted Lydia down last week, said she had no business, no business being on that idol, on that island, excuse me, vying for an idol. There we go. I'll I'll clean it up there. But she made me look bad. She was the caller in the Immunity immunity Idol Challenge, and her team won. So, I mean, shout out to Lydia, I guess. You know, I thought she had no business being out there, and already she's making me look bad. Jenny and Daniel were two we called out last week as as being two of our early favorites because they are so smart, and they are. They're showing that again. Um, Although we love our boy, Jersey Mike. Oh, we just love him. But they're going to make moves, uh, thinking strategy with his Beware Immunity Idol, uh, just proving how smart we thought they were in the beginning, too. And we also had, uh, we talk often about how this year's a lot harder. Last year was harder. They take the Flynn away. There was no rice provided. But it really kind of messed with our guy High a little bit as well. We found out that High is vegan. And he was kind of really counting on that rice to be there so he could have some sustenance. But uh, he decided that uh, it's better to eat a little bit of the hermit crab than uh, not eat and have to go off of the island. So uh, shout out to our guy High who decided he needed to eat more than he needed to honor his vegan principles, which is probably the smart move. But you could see that it definitely affected him. And so I wonder what people are ultimately going to think of that because almost every decision you make on Survivor affects other people's and why they will or won't vote for you. 
And we also were introduced to Chanel, who is a new player to us. She was brought up right around the time they gave us Mariah's backstory. And she was the person who stumbled across the hermit crab and then decided to call herself a provider for the tribe. So we'll see if that label sticks with Chanel as we move forward. I mean, those were some big-ass hermit crabs, though. Seriously. Like, I've never seen anything like it. And it showed her finding that one. And then there were several in the pot. So if she is bringing home several hermit crabs, yeah, she is a provider. Yeah, you are, Chanel. That's right. So we'll see what happens with our bromance. Jonathan and Omar moving forward. Clearly, Daniel and Jenny are going to be players with uh, Jersey Mike in the preview before tonight's episode because we we need to wrap up here and let you go. You're probably getting ready for tonight's episode. But if the previews are to be believed, we could possibly see Roxroy drown, Mike lose the immunity idol again, and (laughs) wait for it, Marianne being completely shocked and freaking out about something. That's what they showed us in the preview. Not giving much away there. (laughs) And I mean, yeah, she's going to be shocked and then she's going to talk about something way too long and all of us are going to just be begging for her to stop. So we know that's coming. And Mike, I think, is definitely losing the Beware Immunity Idol one more time. All right. So enjoy tonight's episode, episode number three of Survivor Season 42. And make sure you check us out again next week. We'll be in your podcast feeds first thing Wednesday morning for Come On In. Thanks for joining me and the Mrs. Morgan Dino here on the Morgan Dino Podcast Network.